don't give up. Don't lose hope. Don't sell out. Salute Nation. It's September 1st, 2023, 5.35 a.m. on East Coast, and it's currently 49 degrees. I hear this morning in New York, episode 95. Friday. It is Friday. It's the first of the month. September is here. Sucks on many accounts. Just because those on the East Coast, like myself, uh, summer's about ready to end. Still got 20-some-odd days left of summer. Calendar-wise, summer. Warm weather could still be after summer, but <laughs> we're getting close to the to the winter season. Not fun about that. Nothing fun about snow. If you've never lived where there's snow, you will never understand. It sucks being cold. It sucks seeing snow. It's Some people think it's pretty. I think you're a fool, but hey, whatever. Um, My thoughts and prayers go out to those that had to deal with Idella. I think that's the name of that hurricane or that storm, whatever, that zipped through the the Florida and got up to the Carolinas and Atlanta. It just it was a fast moving storm and it it, it did a lot of destruction. Um, so my thoughts and prayers go out to anyone who's suffering that or who have family members that are suffering of that. So Bray Wyatt died, right? I talked about this in my last episode. Terry Funk died. So I'm working on this uh, edit of my, uh, you know, what? My homage to to Bray Wyatt. I like how it's coming along, but it's tough because it's like, man, <laughs> it's 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 now what's gonna? It sucks when you lose one of your favorites, you know, because Bray Wyatt it's one of those characters that I enjoy of entertainment. I mean, my favorite wrestler of all time is still Ric Flair. I'm always going to be a fan of Ric Flair. You know, of course, he's up there in age, and yet he's still alive. Um, but it's going to suck the day that he dies. But yeah, just it's 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 it hurts more with Bray because it's like it's like when Brody Lee died. They're both young guys, and they leave family behind, kids who are young kids. You know what I mean? It's it just it's, it sucks. But doing this edit, it's I've seen so many. I've seen great ones, and I don't want to 
mimic those because as somebody who loves graphic design, I, I don't want to copy somebody else's work. I think that's, a, you know, you, you don't ever want to copy somebody's work. You want to take pieces of it and twist it up and do it in your image of it. But I got I, I like how it's coming along. It's not done yet. I don't know when it's going to be done. I got other things to do. <laughs> you know, so that that's pretty much what I'm working on now. Yes, I will finish up that my favorite team, well, favorite sports leagues logos that that will, you know, get back to doing that. Uh, but yeah, I'm working on other things. That's what that's what I like doing. So there's a uh, shows on tap before I get going on further with today's episode. It's going to be short of a, not too short of a chit chat. You know, like I how I like to put in uh, tech news and stuff like that. Um, none really to talk about. You know, but I will be talking about my Notre Dame because they do got a game again Saturday. I'll go over the 53-man, the, the practice squad, the injured reserve, my opinion of 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 who should have been on and who shouldn't be for the Raiders. And then the Yankees, they had a four-game set. I gave a prediction, and I'll talk about that as soon as I get to that. But first, Ben Show tonight, the Just Win Baby podcast. I don't know who's all going to be on. All is welcome. Um, 10.30 p.m. Eastern. Tonight, September 1st. And they, they're going to go over the 53, their opinions. Everybody's going to be there. Who's going to be there? Um, you know, Nutty Nate, of course. Uh, Jack Bauer, I believe, is going to be back for his second time in a row or third time in a row on, on the podcast, which is good to see JB4. Um, of course, he works a lot. So, And whoever else. I, I don't know who else is uh, going to guest on there. After that, you got the Dirty and uh, Lunish comedy show. That's at like 2 a.m. So it'll be September 2nd, my time on the East Coast. Then at 11 p.m., September 2nd, this will be on the Life of the Nations YouTube channel, so Dirty's other newer account. It's a Raiders 2023 season kickoff roundtable. So you're going to see a bunch of other Raider content creators involved in this. I don't have the official count or who's who. I'm sure it's going to be Ben and and Gabe and Gravy and Lowe will probably be there as well. Lunatic. A bunch of others. SC Experience, Eric. Um, I, I, there's a bunch of them. 
bunch of we're going to be on. They're going to go over the season in preview, you know, the kickoff. Because the following week and is the start of the NFL season. So we'll go over probably predictions because the 53-man roster is set. And, well, not set, sets the initial. I mean, anything can happen from now till then. But we'll go over that. And I believe after that, then you got the second show of the comedy. So we'll probably run into that. Which means Black Saturday will most likely be canceled on Saturday and then push to Sunday. Ben says something about it that maybe he'll do it on a Sunday instead this weekend. And that's possible what's going to be. So Sunday night might be Black Sunday, which is fine. <laughs> right? I mean, it, it's it, it. Hey, business first and then uh, and then beating heads comes next. So, yeah, so that's that's pretty much what I want to talk about on that part is those showings of what to look for. I don't know if Eric's going to do a show prior to then. Um, on today, don't know. I don't know. I mean, I do know that Lunatic does his morning shows. I do know that um, Nutty Nate does his morning shows. I don't know exactly the times. Um, I don't watch them during that time just because, well, that's normally the time that I'm in fucking bed and, you know, they're not. So, yeah. So let's go to Notre Dame. Well, I would love to go to Notre Dame, but let's talk about the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Game two for the Irish of this 2023-2024 season. As the 13th ranked Irish at home, now officially home-home, so in Indiana, will face the first time ever, I still believe. I still can't find any, any... You know, prior games with this with this school, which is the Tennessee State um, Tigers. I believe it's the Tigers. I, I can't remember <laughs> Tennessee State. I think um, Eddie George now is the head coach there. So this is the first time ever. And um, yeah, this game is tomorrow. It's good old tomorrow. It's the game. It's a, it's a 3.30 p.m. Eastern start time. Prediction? That, you, here's the thing. I Everybody, every article I've read, every source that I've watched and listened to, um, sports writers, etc., has got Notre Dame to win this big. And I'm talking big, big. I'm talking people got them scoring like 40 to 50 points and allowing seven. So pretty much like the first game. Not prediction-wise, but, you know, many people are predicting Notre Dame to just run away with this. And they should. You know, I, I expect a lot out of a veteran quarterback in Sam Hartman, who is, is good. He's a veteran. I like him. What I'm concerned about, is against Navy. 
it's a team that you normally face anyways, right? This this is you, you face them over. I mean, over a hundred times. So you know that they're going to run at you that triple option, right? You just know this. You know that they're going to bring that triple option offense. You have never faced Tennessee State. You don't know anything about them. You don't know. I'm sure they watch tape, but you you don't know until you play. So if they are predicted to only score seven, that I think, and I do believe that I won't be surprised if Tennessee State scores seven outright in the beginning. You know, not outright, but in the beginning of the game. Because that's the time where you get to fill out your opponent and you're not sure, right? You you're, you haven't seen these looks fully. It is a traditional style offensive college. So you now got to judge from a triple threat, or not triple threat, but a triple option, which is harder to, you know, to, to, to dissect and pick up because they have that option normally. But traditional, they can run anything, which means a traditional offense, you know, sure, they, they may be good at running, but they'll, they'll throw that pass a lot more than the triple options of Navy. I do believe if Navy, here's the thing, and I'm going to be honest about that Navy game, if Navy would have sprinkled in the pass a lot more, it would have been a lot closer game than it was. But if you know that they're going to always run and run and run, you just got to pick who's going to be running, but you know it's going to be a run majority of the time, so you don't have to play the pass. If they would have went with the pass a lot more, it would have been a little bit different, I believe, like how it was in last year's game. Notre Dame came on big and strong, quick, had a big-time lead in halftime, and made a game out of it. Notre Dame won that game by three points last year. This year, they kicked the shit out of them. So that's what I'm worried about. I am worried about this traditional offense. Not the fact that I think Tennessee State is a better team. Notre Dame, of course, is the better team. Your 13th rank, Tennessee State, is not ranked. So you should dog walk them. You should. And that's the thing that I'm looking for. Don't play close to your opponent. Destroy your opponent. That's what I want on my teams. If you on paper are better than this team, you better fucking prove it. Sure, a win anyways is what you, what's the main goal of any sport is to win, period. So a win is what I'm looking for, but I want to see them win big. Beat the fuck out of them. Pretend that your enemy, even though Tennessee State is not a rival, you have to beat the fuck out of them. So that's my opinion about that. Now, I'm not going to give a score. It should be close to what everybody else is predicting of it, which is Notre Dame to whip the shit out of them. So I see another game like that for Notre Dame, providing they win the battles of the trenches and they keep the ball. The running backs, they again, they had a their problem for the last two years, including this year, I'm meaning, is they have a tendency to fumble the ball. 
Luckily, last week, it didn't come back to haunt us. They got the ball back. You know what I mean? So, hopefully, uh, they put some stick on <laughs> So, Raiders. Before I start with the 53 and practice squad, I must talk about what still has me fucking pissed. And that is trading defensive tackle Neil Farrell Jr. to the fucking Queefs. That has me fucking hurt. Pissed off. I've listened to everybody's logic and reasoning to the why. You know, that, that at least we get a draft pick. Which was the sixth rounder, right? Neil was a fourth rounder. We trade him to our arch rivals who needed help, right? Because their star defensive tackle, Chris Jones, is on holdout. He's holding out. So the Chiefs called, right? Hey, I'm sure our guy, I'm sure Ziegler didn't call. Hey, 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 I know Chris Jones is fucking you guys over, right? Right, buddy boy? So, uh. How about I give you Neil Farrell if you just give me a six? I'm sure that's not how it went. I'm sure what happened was the Queefs front office like, shit, we need a defensive tackle. We we need another body before the best defensive tackle right now on our team comes back. So, So we need to be for sure that we got this covered. Hey, uh, Zeeler, you're not using him much. What do you want for him? Ziegler, business mind. Of course, he's he's going to listen. I'm not doubting him as a GM. I think he's been great. Very good. Yeah, how about a sex for him? You know, I got him in the fourth. Well, yeah, he really isn't doing nothing, even though he's not really getting a fucking chance. But yeah, we'll 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 give you a six, or give me a six, and you can have him. See, my beef has nothing to do with us trading him. I don't have a beef with Neil being gone from the Raiders. I have my beef. And this is my only beef with it, is you traded him to your fucking arch rival. A team that has kicked our asses in three fucking decades. Has been bitch slapping us. You don't give what could be, you know, we don't know. We don't know how Neil Farrell is going to actually turn out. It's only his fucking second year. That really hasn't had much playing time. So you don't know. And it's funny where some of the people who are making these excuses are like, well, yeah, well, he's not that good, you know. So most of these people had him on their fucking 53. When, you know, people are doing these projections. Oh, yeah, Neil Farrow is going to be one of our 53. 
how is he gonna well how would you have him on your 53 if he wasn't that fucking good give me a break it's bullshit Be like me when it comes to this, right? Be truthful for this. Okay, cool. Draft picks help. <laughs> okay. I understand that whole concept of what everyone was talking about. But I'm the type of person that <laughs> I'm not going to assist my rival, my enemy, in anything. If my enemy was starving, I'm not going to feed him. I'm going to sit there and eat in front of him. As I get stronger while that motherfucker is getting so, now, you know, so losing his strength and everything. I'm not going to give him something to get that ammo. I want that enemy to suffer. I don't want him to win again. That's my whole point. That's and no one can convince me of that. I've heard all this whole hoopla bloopla bullshit. But I still haven't budged on my stance. Don't trade with the enemy. I hate it when the Yankees trade with the Red Sox. I'll hate it when the Bulls trade with the fucking Pistons. I'll hate when the Blackhawks trade with the fucking Detroit Red Wings. I will hate it when tw- teams swap players in college football of, of Notre Dame and USC if, if there was ever a trade. See what I'm saying? It just, it just, it, it don't know. I would never want my teams to do that. I think this is the first time in our team history that we have actually traded with the Queefs. I don't recall it ever happening before. <laughs> we do it now. So, no, they, if this is the Patriot way, get the fuck off my team. I mean, the true Patriot way is Tom Brady as quarterback and Bill Belichick as the head coach. We got neither. Sure, we got Tom Brady, sort of, but not as the coach or not as the player. So, But that's my really only gripe about it is that we traded with a rival. <laughs> I just find it goofy. Kind of goofy. I hope it just does. I hope it doesn't bite us in the ass. I hope it doesn't. My biggest hope now is that the Chiefs release him. <laughs> that would be my like. I right, I feel good about that. Or as well as you know, suck ass when we face him. So here's the fifty-three quarterbacks. Three of them. Jimmy G, of course. Aiden O'Connell, AOC4. And Brian Hoyer. He's the veteran. He's got that safety spot. So it's technically we got 54 on the roster, but 50 but one is that not counting on the roster. Every team has it. 
no big deal. He'll suit up. He'll be on the chalkboard. He'll be helping the quarterbacks. He knows the system. Running backs, five. Well, including, you know, the fullback. So you got Josh Jacobs. Glad he's back. As running back one. Then you got Jacob Johnson as the fullback. Zamir White. Amir Abdullah. And Brandon Bolden. Wide receiver, six. Devontae Adams, Jacoby Myers, Hunter Renfro, Trey Tucker, DeAndre Carter, and Christian Wilkerson. Tight ends, three. You got Austin Hooper, Michael Mayer, Jasper Hordenstead. Offensive line, eight. Colton Miller, Dylan Parham, Andre James, Greg Van Rotten, Jermaine Aluminor, Thayer Munford, Justin Haran, and Jordan Meredith. And then defense line, we got 10. Max Crosby, Belil Nichols, Jerry Tillery, Chandler Jones, Tyree Wilson, Byron Young, Malcolm Kuntz, John Jenkins, Nesta Jada Silvera, and Adam Butler. Linebackers, five of them. Divine Diablo, Robert Spillane, Luke Masterson, Curtis Bolton, and Mary Bernie. Cornerbacks, you got six of them. Marcus Peters, Jacarian Bennett, Nate Hobbs, David Long Jr., Amik Robertson, and Brandon Faison, or Faison. Safeties, we got five. Marcus Epps, Trevon Morig, Chris Smith II, Isaiah Polamayo, something like that, and Roderick Teamer, and of course our specialists. Got the kicker, Daniel Carson. Hunter A.J. Cole, and a long stamper as Jacob Bohm, yeah, yeah, Bowman Mayer. So that's 54. Of course, you got one safety spot. Now the practice squad. Offense, Marquise Callaway is a wide receiver. Curtis McLennan, guard. Cole Fotheringham, which is the tight end, which you know, the guard and tackle Ver- Vitality German, Sincere McCormick, the running back, Nitain Muti, the guard, John Samuel Shanker is the tight end, and uh, Antony Wesley, the wide receiver. Defensive side, you got David Angola, defensive end, Matthew Butler, the defense tackle, Isaac. Darkin Galo or whatever, linebacker, Jaden Grant, the safety, Tyler Hall, cornerback, Kanye Mayi, the linebacker, um, Jarius Robinson, the defensive end, Isaac Rochelle, the defensive end, and Sam Webb, the cornerback, the IRL, which is the injured reserve and stuff like that, Britton Bond, the running back, Darian Butler, linebacker, 
Chris Levy, the wide receiver, Jordan Perriman, the cornerback, and Delton Wagner, the tackle, and Austin Walter, the running back, and Isaac Zuber. Um, see, now I would have kept Damian Williams over Jameer White. Cole Fotherham over Jasper Horstead. Duke Shelley over David Long Jr. And put Chase uh, Garbers on the practice squad instead of not having him on the list at all. Um, but this is really it for me. I mean, I'm, I'm cool with the 53. But I do think that my choices overall is better. But I, I don't hate this 53. I don't. I don't hate it. I think this is in a step in the right direction. And, of course, moves can be made at any time, of course, right? <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, it is what it is. I mean, I don't know why they kept Zamir White. Um, but they see something that I don't practice and overall. I think Damian Williams has that punch-out run. Obviously, he's not starting, but, you know, until J.J. gets fully ready, we're going to have to trust Zemir White to carry that load. And I, I, I don't know if I can. But I do think J.J. will be playing in week one. I just don't think yet that he will be. Um, I don't think it would be game ready, ready, but close enough to it. I don't think it's going to take him that long before he gets going again, you know. So I'll come back, talk about the Yankees. Don't go anywhere. I'll be right back. So now we talk about the Yankees. And now. It seems that Hal is saying that the season is unacceptable. Keep in mind, this is the guy that was saying, why are the Yankee fans so mad? So now you know there, Hal, why us Yankee fans are so mad. Because it's unacceptable the way that they've been. I will always continue to blame Cash Clown and Aaron Boondrop. He says, a change is coming. Hale said that. Hale said that in a report. Okay, Hale. Obviously, we got to wait for this fucking big change to happen because the season's not over yet. And I know you're not like your daddy. Sucks. Wish you were. Because he would already have fired the two jackasses that are your best friends. I know daddy, George, would say, son, stop sucking your mom's tit. And be a man. And do what's best for the New York Yankees. Fire those two jackasses now. 
then good old little hell Stumbrenner would have fired him. Fortunately, that's not how it's going to happen. George is dead. May he rest in peace. Hal, I'm sure, is sucking his mom tit because he's such a, a little bitch. So, George, forgive me, George. So, Hal, please, as a Yankee fan, do what's best in the offseason. Get the fuck away from your whatever fucking mindset you have. It's cool that you could say it's unacceptable. Good talking point. Do something about it. Aaron Boone could not be the manager of this fucking team. And Cash Clown definitely cannot be the GM any longer. However, I will accept Cash Clown being gone first. And let's see what Aaron Boone can do without this fucking idiot of a whatever you want to call Cash Clown over his head and this stupid analytic apartment. Let Cashman, Cash Clown, sorry, take those fucking nerds off of this shit. Now, I love analytics. I love numbers. I love strategies. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying for that to be completely gone from the game. But coach from your fucking gut, Aaron Boone Drop. You come from the Boone family. Your brother it was one hell of a Seattle Mariner during the 90s. Very good player. Good hitter. Good, good defender. Your dad was pretty good as well. So you come from that lineage of baseball minds. And yet you allowed a fucking cash clown who probably never lifted a fucking baseball in his entire life or a football or any sport of that matter. He was probably beat up a lot. Thrown in the garbage cans. He would have been good for this to era. You know, he, he would have been protected more because, you know, God forbid someone toughens you up. So the offseason needs to be this. If the true changes come in hell, it needs to be one of those two gone. I prefer both. Anyways. Josh Donaldson is no longer a member of the New York Yankees. He's been injured. And the Yankees finally did what's best and released him. Thank God. Harrison Bader is no longer a Yankee, which I'm not sad about this, although he did show hustle in the playoff series last year. He was our probably our best hitter in some cases. Well, yeah, because Judge fucking blew a fucking, I don't know what fucking happened to him. He was great in the record this season. He's the home run king for the American League. He broke the record. But when it comes to the postseason, good old Judgey chokes on the big fat dick call winning Bader was the best offensive guy we had last year 
in the postseason. <laughs> he's not that good of a player all around. I mean, he's not this type of hitter. He comes back from injuries. He he was doing good. He's he's injured a lot. He's like Judge and Staten. Pretty much majority of our players always on the injured reserve, coming back, back on the res- injured reserve, coming back, and yeah, just one of those, right? So we put him on waivers, and the Cincinnati Reds claimed him yesterday or day before. So he got a chance to play in a couple of the games in this four-game set that I'll go over in a little bit. You know, you know, he said nice things. You know, he loved his time with the Yankees, and he's a good class act guy. I mean, he's good defense. He's a plus plus defender. But again, if you're always injured. And, you know, you need to be a good hitter, too. And he's really not. He's an okay hitter. But he's not a guy that's going to give you 280, 290, 300 hitter. He's a 240, at best 260 hitter. And that's it. When he gets on base, he's a threat. We got enough of those type of hitters, right? We, we got We got below fucking average hitters. That when they get on base, they get on base. The harder part for them is get on base. So the good news is because of those two are gone, it frees up roster spots. Of course, you got the September call-ups, and any Yankees are about ready to unleash their youth or more of the youth. Of course, we like to hype up our fucking youth. It's very promising, though. I've been, you know, hoping this guy comes up is uh, Jason Dominguez. He's 20 years old. He's a switch hitter. He's outfielder. He's the Yankees' number two prospect and MLB's top 78 overall prospect, as well as uh, Austin Wells, who's 24 years old. He's a catcher, left-handed batter. Um, He's Yankees' eighth prospect or rated eight prospect. So those two are set to join the Yankees sometime this week. Uh, definitely, I think, before the Houston series. And, um, and yeah, I mean, I'm looking forward to them. As much as, you know, because it's, you got to gear up for the future, right? If you're not cutting it now, you, you definitely got to prepare for more. You know, it's, if you suck this year, as the Yankees in general, they fucking blow chunks this year. You, you got to prepare for next year because you can get better. It's the Yankees. You have enough money to, if you want to buy a whole new team, you can. You can afford it. So, I mean, do I think that I, I, I'm cool with this being last play? I, I'm not really cool with it. But I like it that the fact that if it means change, if it means getting back and building a championship team, then I'm good with it. I I just am. It it has to be, right? Last time the Yankees had a losing season, and I'm not talking about just losing World Series, which is should be in the mind of every sports team in any league is to win that championship. And it should be, if you don't win a championship, it's a, it's a loss. 
but tactically, no, it's not. A true loss of a season is being below 500. The last time the Yankees was below 500 was in 1992. I graduated that year. I graduated high school in 1992. You know when the last time the Yankees finished dead last in the American League East? 1990. Yeah, it's 2023 now, and we're on the verge of doing both. We're dead last of the ALEs. And I'm not talking about close game or close games back. I mean, Boston has four to six game lead up, maybe more. I'm not looking at the standings right now, but they're definitely below 500. It's needed. It's needed. And, and and I'm glad finally the ownership, I mean, of course, if this were George, <laughs> heads would already have turned a while back. Because he's done it. So, yeah, so let the kids play ball. Let's see who we got. Let's see the youth. Let's see who's worth keeping, um, especially in the big leagues. And not, then you... You go all out next year. There's a lot of key free agents that the Yankees can buy. So Yankees versus Tigers. Four-game series, August 28th through the August 31st. Series just ended. I predicted a 2-2 split on Monday's episode. This time I was wrong. As the Yankees won this four-game set, 3-1. to one. So let's talk about it. Game one of four. Yankees won four to one. Both teams with seven hits. Yankees out homer them two to one. Yankees walk six times, striking out 16 fucking times. Going one for eight with runners in scoring position. Torres and Cabrera with two hits each. Judge Stratton, or Judge Stanton and IKF with one hit each. The two home runs came from Judge, his 29th, and Torres, his 29th, or his 21st. The Yankees used three pitchers, starting with Sevy, who got the W. He's 4 and 8. Pitched seven innings, allowed five hits, zero runs, zero walks, striking out eight. Now with an ERA of 6.64 on the season. Oswega did good. Holmes was meh. Even though we got the win. Game two of four. Yankees won four to two. Tigers out hit the Yankees seven to six. Yankees out homer them three to zero. Yankees walked three times, striking out 11 times. Going one for three with runners in scoring position. Torres led with two hits. Judge Stanton, Velope, and Kyle Gashi with one hit each. Three homers came from Torres, hitting his set 22nd. Kyle Gashi hitting his 10th, and Velope hitting his 19th. Yankees used four pitchers, which was an opener. King, who pitched a solid four innings. Brito. Who got the W? He, he's five and six on the year. 
also was good. Pitching 3.1 innings. Peralta gets the hold, number 15 on the year. And Holmes struggled again. In fact, the two runs was off of him. Game three of four. Yankees won 6-2. Yankees out hit the Tigers 8-4. Yankees out homer then, 3-2. Yankees walk four times, striking out 12 times. Going three for 11 with runners in scoring position. Torres and Stanton with two hits each. LeMayo, Velope, Bader, and Piera with one hit each. And the three home runs came from LeMayo, his 15th. Torres, his 23rd. And Stanton added his 20th. Yankees used two pitchers, starting with Garrett Cole, who gets the W. He's 12-4 on the year. He pitched six innings. He allowed four hits, giving up two runs, which were earned, as long as well as two home runs, which was the two home runs. He walked two, striking out seven. His ERA is now 2.95. Hamilton gets the save, his second on the year. He pitched three very good innings. And then game four of four. Chance for the sweep, but didn't. Yankees lost 3-4 after 10 innings. Tigers out hit the Yankees 8-5. Yankees out. Yankees and Tigers each had one home run each. Yankees walked two times, striking out eight times. Velope with two hits. LeMayu, Bowers, and Cabrera one hit each. Velope hit his 20th home run on the year. Yankees used six pitchers in this one. Schmidt was okay. Middleton was better. Conley was pretty good. Abreu was also okay. Holmes was okay. Good bounce back. And Luzuega, who wasn't too bad, but he wasn't that good either. He gets the L. He's 0-1 or 0-1. Yankees are now 65-69. and Last place in the AL East. 18 and a half games back out of first. Ninth place overall in the American League, 10, 10 and a half games out of the final wild card spot. Yankees are 17, 19, and 7 in total series record. Next game, starting tonight in Houston. For a three game series, first through the third, to face the 77 and 58 Astros. Second series of 2023. They last played in a four-game set in New York, the August 3rd through the 6th. That ended in a split. Predictions for this one, Houston to win this game. Or use, win this, Houston to win this three-game set. So on Monday's episode. I'll go over the recap of Black Saturday as well, or Black Sunday, if there is any. Don't forget Ben Show of Just Win Baby Podcast is tonight, 10.30 p.m. Eastern Start Time, which is, what, 7.30 West Coast? And then a little bit after that, well, 
for me it, it would be the beginning parts of the <laughs> of of September 2nd is the dirty and luna show on both do dirty and luna show i'll have the links up don't worry i'll have the links up of all the things that i'm saying of of the channels to go to so keep a look out my tabs on those you know community tabs you know and then tuesday night or sunday or saturday night 11 what did i say 11 p.m eastern so it'll be 8 p.m. you guys' this time on the West Coast. Is that roundtable? Looking forward to that show as well. And then, of course, Black Saturday and or Sunday will be on um, Black Sunday. I probably at the same round time. Again, I'll have links. So keep the lookout on my community tab. Keep a lookout on uh as well as ben's if when it's black saturday it's gonna be on ben's other channel the the demon side of it all of course on monday's show i'll talk about the notre dame versus tennessee state recap i'll go over the stats over that how i feel about the game see if i was see if my prediction was right i picked the irish to win and then the Yankees three games set against Houston predicted the Astros to win that three game set. I also will talk about whatever I want to talk about <laughs> on Monday's show. Um, like I always do on my shows, I talk whatever I want to talk about. And uh, yeah. So until then, and as always, Salute Nation.